Welcome to another episode of the Switchcraft Fingerboard Podcast. My name is Jana, and today I'm sitting here with two guests. That is probably a first. So let's say hello to my fellow podcasters, Oli. Hello. And Tom from Popdex. Hey, Jana. So you two started a podcast a short while ago. Let's start maybe with that, and then we get into who you are behind the podcast and what your history in fingerboarding is and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So let's get the podcast questions out of the way. Why did you start the podcast? Um, Ali, do, do you want to start? Yeah, should I? Cool. Cool. Uh, so Tom and me um, in 2018 or 19, uh, we started working together uh, outside of fingerboarding. I had a job at the time for a, a company who does events and uh, they needed someone for several events um, to do some uh, administration and stuff like this. And uh, I knew Tom could do that and uh, I asked him if he had time. He said yes. So we started working together over the course of the year and um, therefore had uh, long car rides together to several event locations all over Germany and, uh, you know, long car rides leads to a lot of talking. And we discovered that we're listening to the same podcasts, mainly about uh, German rap. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, then over the course of the year, the idea developed to do a podcast in fingerboarding that is a news podcast. Because I told him, and I think, Tom, if I remember right, you agreed that all the news about the German rap scene we get exclusively from these podcasts and that is hmm. easy to get them just listening next to doing something rather than actively reading long articles and stuff like this. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, therefore we wanted to do the same in fingerboarding on an international level, mainly for the target audience of uh, OG fingerboarders, like people who uh, were very active in the scene, but now have um, like grown-up lives with full-time jobs and not that much time anymore. The idea was to give them a platform that they can listen on their way to work or on the way home or whatever while running uh, and therefore stay up to date with the scene and feel a bit more connected. I hope I described it right, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more to add for me there. I mean, no. as a as a listener, it sounds about right. I would say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, were you listening to other fingerboard podcasts at the time? Um, maybe I start here. Yeah. Um, I didn't really. I listened here and there, but not really regularly. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, it was like uh, we talked about doing something concerning fingerboarding together again when we spent that time at the events there and then mainly Oli came up with the idea let's maybe do a podcast because we both listen and like almost the same ones and as he told you yeah and then uh, uh, after we decided that might be a cool idea I listened to some more of the other podcasts 
that are that already existed, like yours and the Maulschlüssel Fraktion. Did you also listen to the very old Fingerboard podcast that used to exist before I started? Yeah, I've I've uh, realized there's one also called the Fingerboard podcast. I think. Yeah, that that's that's the one, but I yeah. don't think they have been active in years. That's what I've also noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, for me it was uh, similar to you. I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. and when I uh, really got into fingerboarding again, I was listening to podcasts about Magic the Gathering since I'm very involved with that. Yeah. And yeah, was like, yeah, there has to be a podcast about fingerboarding. Then I found yeah. that podcast that at that time wasn't publishing anymore, and after a while I was like, yeah, let's create something. Yeah. And it's it's really cool that you uh, you also started doing one because I think the more the merrier, and especially since we have different focuses, I think that works very well. Yeah, and speaking about the different focuses, that's one thing when when Oli came up with the idea and how he would organize it, and yeah, and we talked about that. I was listening to some more uh, episodes of your podcast, for example, and. And yeah, figured right away that it's quite a different concept, I'd say. And yeah, and it there might be that there should be no uh, no differences. Uh, there's no overlap. Yeah, no overlap. Yeah, that's what I yeah. was wanting to say. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, because uh, even back when we uh, when I did it with Julian and we did two uh, did like talking head pieces about news, mm -hmm. we still. Did it more in a like editorial way. We didn't really discuss the news as just news. We we mm -hmm. talked like half an hour about something that happened and shared our thoughts. And you you guys do strictly news with the interview sections, which I really enjoy a lot. Those help break up the podcast quite quite good. I think. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, um, have you had? problems reaching out to people like how how is that for you is it easy since you're both like known in the scene and the podcast is also yeah. quite quite widely spread by now or do you do you run into like empty empty responses from time to time and don't hear anything back from people yeah i think Oli should answer yeah. that because he does all of that alone right now yeah so yeah <laughs> you should answer it for sure um it's it's difficult it's difficult um mainly when we contact people uh i should start differently i explained a little bit how our schedule is we want to release a podcast every two weeks as you see by now it didn't quite work that way but we're still aiming for that to release one episode every two weeks and the schedule is that we have one week completely off where Tom does his thing and I do my thing. <laughs> and then in the week of the recording, we have an editorial meeting on Monday where we discuss which topics we want. Then right after that, I'll reach out to all the people involved. And then we record on Friday and we ideally publish on Sunday. That's the schedule. It's a really tight schedule. Therefore, when we contact people, They are mainly, we get super positive responses like, oh yeah, I heard your podcast, I love it, I uh, would love to be involved, all that. But then a lot of people have a problem with the deadline and some people are 
really open about it, say like, ah, sorry, I can't do that. And it's easy because then we say, don't worry, we can have the interview in the following episode. You know, then we just say something like we did last episode, we discuss a news topic and say, unfortunately, that person didn't have time to send us the answers yet. They will be in the next episode, like with maple wheels as an example. So that works out really well. But some people uh, say, yeah, it's a great idea and they will send something and then they just don't get back to us at all. I'll send them reminders like, hey, <laughs> uh, don't worry if you can't do it this episode, we can do it next episode, stuff like this. But uh, yeah, we had people and not just one person who then just stopped getting back to us. And I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feared something like that would happen quite a lot. That because yeah. I think when you rely on other people that aren't like involved in the project themselves, it's easy for them to like disconnect themselves from that and be like, ah, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Or then they feel bad that they haven't gotten around to it. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I can can understand that that happens quite a lot and leads to a lot of on the fly decision making for you probably <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i think so so far it worked out really well you know our, our aim is really to um get for everyone a word in that we are discussing because uh, i think especially when you talk about someone publicly i think the other mm. party always should get a word in but yeah um but yeah if it if it's not happening then it's not happening it's definitely uh we we give the chance to the people to say whatever they want to say and if it's not happening then it's not happening and if it's then a difficult topic then we don't need to discuss it that's it we never said that we would have completely all the fingerprint news in the world in our podcast yeah. as nice as that would be but it's unrealistic <laughs> yeah. yeah okay um you talked about your uh structure of the podcast uh, who did come up with that was that like a collaborative decision and how did you end up with the concept of having people talk back to the topics you're discussing maybe the first part of the question i can answer yeah um yeah mainly Oli came up with all of the organizing and managing ideas i'd say Uh, I, he always told me and I checked it back and maybe I had here and there I did some changes or supposed some changes but yeah most of the um, schedule and uh, organizing is really Oli's ideas I'd say <laughs> uh, I, I think Tom gives me too much credit <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, it's, I think it's just my nature I, I don't want to um, when you get, go to someone, whoever, how, however motivated that person is, and you go and say, like, let's do something. And then you both say, yeah, this is where it ends. <laughs> At least, yeah, that is my experience. <laughs> yeah, one has to take the lead and yeah. go forward. So, yeah, it was not really taking the lead, but it was, I, I sent Tom, I said, yeah, let's do the podcast. And this is how I imagine it to be. So yeah. that was our base to work on. And I think, yes, Tom, we amended it. So we amended it, Tom and me. That's why I'm saying he gives me too much credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the 
the point is when we first thought about it, your first ideas were always uh, already have been quite perfect, I'd say. So so I didn't have too much to change. Yeah. And yeah. Okay, thank you. So that's now, my point. Yeah. Now I'm happy it's not a video, so you don't see me blush. <laughs> <laughs> because I I really like the breaking up into sections because I think uh, when you talk about one topic for quite a long time, that leads to maybe being a bit boring and having those intervals where other people talk and you changing the topics like quite consistently. Hmm. I think that that gives a nice breath of fresh air every time you you change the topic or have someone else speak. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's really good feedback. But uh, to be fair. Uh, we heard that a lot and we're really happy that people think that we had a lot of feedback like oh, i thought an hour is too long but then i listen to it and it goes by really quick because it's like bam 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 news 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 story quiz video of the episode stuff <laughs> do you uh, do you aim for a specific time frame each story gets like do you sit around and say this story gets 10 minutes this might get 15 or do you just see where you end up after an hour yeah, we don't plan the sections time-wise at all. We just uh, try to keep the whole episode about or under one hour. But the, you know, we don't plan time frames for the sections. Has it ever happened to you that you were close to the one-hour mark and haven't had the chance to talk about one specific topic? No. Like, did you ever run out of time before? Not really, no. We just tried in the first episode how long will it be when we do it like we want to do it. And it just came about to be about one hour. Yeah. Nice. That sounds, <laughs> sounds like it works for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we never had to cut out something to make it shorter. or yeah. Exactly. Has there ever been weeks so far where you felt like there aren't enough news to cover? Or do you fear... <laughs> To run out of news at some point? <laughs> Oli? Constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, especially now in the summer. It's, uh, yeah, I thought about it. Uh, if we should have had a summer break, maybe hindsight. But mm. um, yeah, it, it is what it is. We, we're not aiming for an hour. I, Tom and me, we just agreed that the podcast shouldn't be much longer than an hour yeah. because it gets too long. Exactly. And um, uh, when there's no news, then there's no news. Then we bring out a half an hour episode. That's also cool. And then yeah. next week, we maybe have an hour, 15 minutes because there's more news. It's, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, the past few weeks, there's been a lot of things happening and like a lot of videos came out basically at the same time. Mm -hmm. And now it kind of slowed down. And I think, like I said, everyone is on summer break. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially people with kids or people who just want to do something else than fingerboarding for a while. And yeah. Yeah, we noticed that too. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I think that uh, covers the the first part about the podcast, unless you have anything you want to say about your podcast before we jump into your, your backgrounds. Do you want to mention something? Uh, I, I really don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let's 
yeah. Just uh, jump straight in. So I think a lot of people, especially from the from the younger generation, like you said, you aim to uh, mainly towards the OGs who probably know you both. But for people who haven't been around that long or have taken a break like I had, what would you say... Who are you? Like, who who are you behind the podcast? <laughs> If you might give like a short introduction about yourselves each. <laughs> you want to start, Oli? I can. I can. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm I'm Oli. I'm uh, also known in the scene as the fingerboard hooligan, a nickname given to me by uh, Martin Ehrenberger, the founder of Black River, and. Um, Yeah, I'm a Black River and Berlinwood and Werktags team rider. Fingerboarding since around 2000 and I think actively in the scene since 2009, 2010. And yeah, if I need to introduce myself, I think I'm, I was more a behind the scene guys. So I think a lot of people know me, but not for my great uh, fingerboarding skills. <laughs> <laughs> that's so humble <laughs> and what about you Tom yeah um, yeah. my name is Tom Pimmishofer I'm the owner of Poptex Fingerboards I started fingerboarding some years before I don't remember exactly but some years before the 2000 and yeah I think around 2000 I got already got the first connections into the scene uh, via the forum And then, yeah, still doing fingerboards and, yeah, what else to mention? I don't know. Yeah, that, and that, I think that serves as a first introduction. <laughs> cool. So you've both been around for quite a while. Um, so do you remember how you each got into fingerboarding? Like, where did you see fingerboards for the first time? And when was the moment that it clicked that you can actually do tricks on a fingerboard? Because I asked that questions to a lot of the American guests I had so far, and I think the German answer to that varies quite a bit. Yeah. Let, let's see if I'm right. <laughs> um, maybe I start? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was for sure in school. Let's say about 1998. Maybe, yeah, should be All right. And uh, yeah, there was a little. Uh, I, I'm from a small town in eastern Germany, and there was only a small uh, toy shop, and like no one else. I was already skateboarding a little bit, learning my first ollies on the skateboard and stuff. And then I discovered someday at the toy shop a small plastic fingerboard, and. Yeah, took it to school, and two of my friends who are already were skateboarding uh, noticed my fingerboard and also thought it's quite cool. And then after school, we started gathering we three alone and trying already trying tricks from the from the get go because yeah, we somehow we never seen someone doing it and. But we still uh, just try to do some ollies and stuff on it. Yeah, of course. Oh, that, yeah. Of course. At first, we pulled it back really, really hard to yeah, do ollies sure. and stuff. But, yeah. 
and probably first did like tree flips that spin like five times and yeah and getting it like two meters up in the air and yeah <laughs> stuff like that yeah i think we all did that yeah yeah and, and the following years my homies like stopped skating and fingerboarding um but i kept on fingerboarding all the time and i think the first two years i didn't even know if there's someone else in the world even trying tricks on a fingerboard or not or maybe i'm the only one at all <laughs> i had no clue but yeah i started building uh, plastic ramps for myself and stuff and fingerboarded every day on my own at home and <laughs> not knowing anything about it but i had to do it <laughs> yeah, cool that's it for me so, i'd say sounds fun and what about you ollie so I started, um, I, I was interested in skateboarding already and still in school, like Tom. And I saw a TV commercial um, for a magazine, a German magazine it's called Mickey Mouse. It always <laughs> had a gimmick and they said they have a fingerboard in their next issue. And they were already showing tricks in the TV commercial. And I thought it's fascinating as I was already into skateboarding. So I bought that and took that plastic fingerboard and ordered to school. And uh, a very good friend of mine, um, he was very interested in what I had there. And he is, he really got into it and nerded himself into all the stuff online hmm. and got for us uh um, to how to do's on how to build cardboard ramps and how to tuning and we really quick found out about like river and stuff as well nice so, i yeah. think i actually started uh because of the same issue of mickey mouse because <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. i i definitely had that board and i think it was the first board i ever had <laughs> but i might be wrong but it's Definitely one of the first fingerboards I ever had, and I think only after that I found Tech Deck. Yeah, same That's for me. So funny. How oh, cool. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I remember there being like a little hype around like 2001, yeah. where you would find Tech Decks in a lot of stores and like toy shops and even skate shops and yeah, things that at that time I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that is quite different from, from the U S where that movement or that, that thing happened quite later on. And when it happened in the States, there already were videos of Mike Schneider or the videos on the Disney channel and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think for us, it was a bit earlier and for some of us, it, probably took longer to realize that you can actually do tricks and not just fling it into the air and see what happens yeah and it's yeah i think that's true <laughs> so um back then a lot of things happened in forums were you active forum people at that time let's say in like early 2000s or you already mentioned you weren't that active up, up until late 2000 yeah. So, yeah, you probably weren't an early forum user, right? Yeah, never. I, I never was a forum user. I um, I think I registered with all of them, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's not my world. It's not that I <laughs> dislike something about it, or I don't know. Just wasn't your thing. Yeah, I, I I never got it, and yeah, as 
as I said, as a, oh, sorry, if it wasn't for my friend who, you know, got all this information for me, I think I would have not, uh, yeah, got that deep into it. He he found everything out and he got all the events and everything. And yeah, yeah. That, that's what I liked about it. But forum, I, I don't know. Is, is, is he still is he still fingerboarding or was he someone who people knew in the theme at some point or like might I have heard of him or no was it just at the beginning and then he stopped fingerboarding we're still best friends uh, but yeah I think he stopped fingerboarding at some point and the only way you know him or seen him is uh, he has one or two tricks in my welcome to Berlinwood video. So the, the one person you don't know in there, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll just rewatch that later. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, it's completely different with the forum stuff because for me, it was the way I found out that there, there's a scene. <laughs> and Same. That there's a scene at all, yeah. I didn't know before. And one day I did a visit to Dresden, which is a way bigger city in Eastern Germany where I live now. And I discovered the forum online and was asking if someone there knows someone from Dresden to, who I can meet to fingerboard. And they all immediately said, yeah, isn't Tim Teichert from, from Dresden? And yeah, Tim Teichert is someone you maybe Mm -hmm. Or you should know. <laughs> He's an OG, yeah. OG fingerboarder. And yeah, everybody from the forum knew him already and told me, yeah, you can meet Tim Teichert there. He's from Dresden. And that's what I did. And that's the way I found out that there is a scene and a forum where a lot is going on at the time. And I was quite active then after all of that. It was so fun meeting Tim in Dresden. We did some outdoor sports there and... It was quite an awesome day for me discovering nice. that there are other people doing exactly the same and loving it so much. And yeah, still remember quite vividly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, back then, like forums were the scene. Like there wasn't yeah. that big of groups of people in in cities, and some cities had no people at all. Like where I'm from, Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I was the only people, uh, the only one there, and. There were people like one and a half hour in that direction to us in that direction, but no one like in, in Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so the way I participated in the scene was like hanging out in every form that was available all day. Uh, all right. Yeah. Get it. Uh, do you roughly know the time frame uh, of, of that meeting with Tim Teichert or when you really got into the forums? Uh, not exactly. I think it was around 2000, but I'm really bad with time frames and, and years and stuff. Uh, so it must be that we uh, must have seen each other's names back then quite a lot. Because I, I think I started getting active in like 2001, uh -huh. but I might be wrong. Yeah, the forum was also the reason I started making fingerboards. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I, I did my first fingerboard before but then I posted it in the forum and then there was so many reactions and people wanting boards from me that I decided I should do more. Yeah. Did you have a Berlin wood before that? Like uh, have you already had access to a wooden fingerboard or was it like you wanted access to a f wooden fingerboard and that's why you made it yourself? 
it's quite a funny story with me. Um, first of all, maybe I have to say that I, I love Berlinwood and I love Timo Lieben when we are really good. I, I think everyone does. I <laughs> haven't met a single person who met Timo who doesn't love him. Yeah, I feel like we're pretty good friends and yeah. Um, but for me, it was like uh, I owned the plastic boards for many years. But after meeting Tim and all the people, it became quite clear I need a wooden board. And there were only, uh, when I started, there were only Berlin Woods at first. There was yeah, same. No other one to get. And there was only that small site you had to find where you can maybe order them and couldn't really decide uh, which color you get and stuff. I was really looking forward to getting mine, and one day I did, and yeah, I was hoping so much that everything would improve from now on, my tricks and stuff, and style, and it would be easier for sure, but I guess I was a little unlucky to get a shape which just didn't, didn't fit me, <laughs> or my style, or my, yeah, whatever, and I just couldn't write better than on my plastic board for quite a long time, I just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It was a different shape. I tried other Berlin what's from that time, and they worked for me. So maybe I just was unlucky with the shape or something. I I don't think I heard that there were different shapes back then. I thought it was all yeah. Maybe something the, went wrong with that one, or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, all the basically <laughs> no concave and uh, like yeah. Uh, how do you say it? Same nose and same tail, symmetrical. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that I if, a couple of days ago I framed mine, mm -hmm. uh, my old twenty six millimeter Berlin wood from that time. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen your framing stuff. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. So, uh, mm. what about you, Ollie? When when did you get your first wooden fingerboard? Uh, pretty much in the beginning. After I had that Mickey Mouse board, we went straight to Tech Deck. Uh, which were available, uh, as you said, in a lot of skate shops at the time. So uh, we went to the nearest city to get one there. And then, yeah, we found out about everything that's happening in the scene and we uh, ordered online from Berlin Wood, a wooden fingerboard each, a friend and me, from Timo. Oh. And uh, mine didn't arrive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, oh. I emailed him uh, after a while and... Uh, he, of course, was so nice to send me a replacement uh, with a lot of extra stuff as an uh, apology. <laughs> yeah, he also sent me a replacement once because I, I received one where back then, I don't know if you remember, uh, the trucks had like, where the kingpin was, they stuck out on the base plate. Mm -hmm. So on the board, there had, had to be like a... Extra a hole. small hole yeah. drilled yeah. or like not drilled all the way and that one was missing on my on the first uh, uh, Berlin wood fishtail that I got okay. I don't know if you remember those boards I do, I got some still <laughs> yeah, same yeah, and so the first one that I received didn't have that hole and so I couldn't fit trucks on there mm. and I was basically just asking hey, uh, what do I need to do to to get that hole or can I send it back to you? And he just sent me a new one and was very apologetic and uh, even explained me on top how to fix it myself. And so I basically had two boards after that. Okay. Oh, cool. he, he was, he was quite, quite helpful in that time and quite cool, quite nice. And yeah. yeah. But I think I got to add some more to my story. 
Yeah, sure, sure. Go on. Uh, didn't want to cut you off. Yeah, it's, it's all good, all good. <laughs> I think I remember where I stopped because uh, the I wasn't satis really satisfied with my birth, first Berlinwood. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't find anything else to order, so it was the only one board you can get. So I figured maybe I have to do my own shape and stuff. And then I, yeah, tried to organize some wood and made my first board, self-made boards, which took me quite a while to figure out how to do it. And in this time, uh, Flucky started doing these short wood boards back in the days. And I decided, yeah, let's try this. Maybe I can do better on this shape. And it was before I had my first self-made ones done. And then I got the short wood, and that one was actually pretty awesome. (laughs) I have a short wood framed right next to my uh, 26mm Berlin wood. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's actually (laughs) exactly the same graphic that I got. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah the, uh, those graphics uh, look quite the same back then. I've, and I think he very varied the colors. But yeah, I think the green one, I, I've seen other people have that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah there were too many different graphics. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, also back then, there was a while where there weren't graphics at all. Like when I first saw a graphic on a fingerboard that wasn't like hand drawn, I think it was the Castle Ost Berlin Woods. Do you uh, do you remember like when you started making your own boards? Uh, did you add graphics to them like quite at the beginning, or did it take some figuring out how to put a graphic on there that isn't drawn by hand? Um, I, I think the first like eight or even 10 years i only did like painted graphics there was nothing printed at all at the beginning i'd say ah yeah and already the very first board i made only for myself and showed off in the forum later was with some hand-drawn graphic by myself yeah and i always did that like the first many years yeah. cool because i i know that some people uh, printed directly on the veneer back then yeah, and was wondering if you. I started you at, did that. Yeah, but way later, I started doing some of some uh, graphic series, and then I sometimes printed on the veneer. Yeah, I still do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it always always looked a bit sketchy for me to mm-hmm. put it into a printer, but it seems to work. Yeah, with most as with some printers, I don't think it works with all. But yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. If you know how yes, to, do you do you know when when it was that you started oh, yeah. making your first decks? Um, I got the board from Flaky. The short was shortwood and was pretty satisfied with that. So, but I was already hooked to do my own. But I think I finished the first one about two thousand four or five. Yeah, seems about right. I think I got my shortwood. Uh, at Fast Fingers 2004, uh-huh. so yeah, that se- seems about right. Uh, speaking of uh, Fast Fingers in that time, mm-hmm. uh, when was your your guys's each uh, first fingerboard event? If you remember, mine was the first uh, Castle Ost. 
Oh, that was uh, the first fingerboard event. I I wanted to go to that one, but for some reason I decided against it because it was quite long and yeah, I really wanted to go to there. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember when it was roughly? No, two thousand. <laughs> I definitely was still in school. So four, five, two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds about right. Yeah, we they had a website back then, and that's how we found yep. found out. Uh, again, I went with my best friend, and um, we. It was funny because it said on the there was a description on the side of how to get there, and it said by train go to station Helsa, and then follow your nose. <laughs> said okay. on the website, <laughs> and wow. um, they said the location, the event location is Helsa am Hüt. So we got out the station, and then we asked people. We started asking people. We we're like, ah, oh, can you tell us where Helsa am Hüt is? Hmm. And they were all old people, and they all said, "I live here for thirty years. I never heard of such a place." <laughs> everyone was confused, and no one knew it because, of course, that was the event location, and no one in the village knew about that. And luckily, um, they had forgotten something for the event. Anyway, one of the castle or screw, one of the guys went to the supermarket and overheard two people talking about these two strange kids who go around the village and ask everyone where Helsa am Hütte is. And uh, he luckily found us with his car and then drove us to the event location. <laughs> wow. Now, now I'm glad that I didn't go. Uh, but the event itself was awesome, right? The event it was so awesome. Um, I think, I'm not quite sure now that I think back if that was the first event. It was something around that time because um also we were at the botstein jam uh oh, yeah yeah it was a, a skateboard magazine back in the days and they were close friends with martin so uh we also were there to get to fingerboarding and um also at the uh, central german skateboard championships in erfurt at the time there was also like river parks that was i think 2003 right yeah yeah so maybe that was first uh, yeah, but all these events in central Germany, because that's where I'm from, mm -hmm. uh, all these we visited and yeah, met there uh, Winkler and Nick and Timo Lieben. Yeah. yeah, you like some people today are like, what, you know, Martin Winkler or Timo Lieben and stuff like that. But back then, like they, they just were people like us hanging out at every contest and yeah. yeah you could buy their things but mainly hang out with them and have a nice session with them yeah they took the core of the scene basically yeah right and yeah. and really welcoming and like like we both said with timo giving replacements i remember yeah. uh, martin winkler giving replacements if someone lost a wheel or yeah. <laughs> Things sure. like that. Yeah. When I met Timo for the for, for the first time, I wanted to buy a board from him, and he didn't want to sell me one. It's so funny. I told him that story really? years later, and he still can't believe it that he did that. 
did he have a reason why it was at castle ost and i i i saw him and i was so excited you know like little kid i was like oh that's timo lieben and i went there and i said oh can i buy berlin wood and he had that bag full of berlin woods and looked at them and said no they're all unique huh? <laughs> yeah he's like no they're all specials so no and i was like oh okay oh, thank you anyway and so nice to meet you And I think that he felt sorry for me and he looked again through the bag and he's like, ah, okay, here's one that's double. And then okay. he <laughs> ended up selling me this. <laughs> I told him this more... years later. Yeah. He, he yeah, well. thought it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, my first event was, I think, the f must have been the first Asi Berlin contest, I'd say. Yeah. I also wanted to go to that, but didn't go to it. <laughs> okay. It was quite far. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't somewhere near this where it's now. Yeah, and yeah, it was crazy for me. I went there with Tim Teichert and another friend of mine. Yeah, and didn't know too much about how a contest works at all and was quite excited and nervous, I'd say, before uh, before the run started and stuff because I've never seen a contest run before and didn't know what to expect and how what the judges count and stuff. And yeah, was nervous, already nervous. And then the worst thing happened that I was the very first rider. Oh, <laughs> <And also>. no. <laughs> I, I fucked up my run so badly because I was so nervous and didn't know what to do and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was so bad for me. But I still had so much fun there meeting all the guys and yeah, it was amazing still. Nice. Yeah, I think that's one of the events you you had to have been there. Like I think that's that's quite an important event mm -hmm. looking at it in hindsight because what Azi Berlin has become now and yeah. what it meant for the scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so. Did either of you go to any fast fingers uh, around that time? My first Fast Fingers was 2009. It's really embarrassing, but yeah. Especially when you've been around on events much earlier. Yeah. That's that's strange that you haven't been there earlier. Somehow never made it. It's, uh, yeah, it's a regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little sorry I didn't look at... Up and I'd really have to look it up which number it was and which year was my first one up. But I think it wasn't long after the Aussie Berlin contest that I visited Fast Fingers. It wasn't a very old building they had. And yeah, mm, yeah I, I only have known that building up until the, the one last year. Oh, okay. I think I went to four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to four Fast Fingers and they were all in that building. Okay. Oh. Were you at the at the year where Galileo was there? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh. At that time, I even brought some ramps with me for the first time. Okay. Because yeah. I was building ramps back then, but hmm. yeah. And yeah, the first finger, first fingers I went to, I brought some pop decks with me as well, and talked about with some guys in the forum before mm -hmm. 
but I didn't expect to sell all of them within minutes, I'd say. <laughs> it was crazy back then. Yeah. yeah, I think back then, since there were so few decks and like so few like well-made decks, hmm. everyone jumped on every every new reliable deck maker. Like when yeah. when Shotwood came out and people were like, hey, they they are on the same quality level as Berlin Woods, mm -hmm. like everyone had to have a short wood. And yeah, yeah. That, that was the first time I, I saw another company besides Berlin Wood get to like a little bigger level as far as bot, bots go. Yeah, that's true. Did you back then like, get in touch with other people who made decks? Because I think Peter from Preet started not long after that, and there was also mm. Philly doing decks. Yeah. But those are probably the, the only ones I can remember right now. Did you have like conversations with them on how to make molds, what what wood to use, or do you just do trial and error? For me, it was more trial and error. I already met Timo Lieben at the first Aussie there. And yeah, we talked and about many things, but never really about the technical stuff. And yeah, I don't know. And I felt like it's the best that way. So the words stay really different if we, yeah. For me, it was always cool to have a different company with different shapes and different techniques techniques produced and stuff. Once I talked to Flucky at the, at the Fast Fingers about how he colors his plies and stuff. That's, that's about the only thing I remember talking about technical stuff with them. But we've always been friends and had fun together and stuff, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah so um, I think I will... Uh, I will ask you guys a few rapid fire questions if that is okay with you. Oh, let's try. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, so I let's I've never done it with two people. <laughs> so let's just uh, say I I ask the question and you each get like a few seconds to answer and then I go to the next one. So maybe we'll say Ollie goes always first and Tom always second, so you know. <laughs> but then I always have more time to think about. That's not so rapid for me. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to, you can also do alternating. But maybe that's that's more fair. Okay, let let's do that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so first question: uh, What's your favorite wheels? Winkler wheels. Winkler wheels. <laughs> favorite deck or shape? Berlin wood, <laughs> extra wide, low shape. I have to say pop deck. I only write pop decks. <laughs> yes, that's about right. <laughs> uh, favorite trick on the obstacle? Oh, uh, me, grind. Fuck, I wanted to say the same. It's Shit. my go-to trick. Yeah. <laughs> and favorite trick on flat? Uh, switch impossible. Oh, Frontside big spins. Oh, nice, nice tricks. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite song right now? Um, oh. uh, Mad Child, Forget About You. <laughs> the cinematic orchestra, Arrival of the Birds. Yeah. What's your favorite obstacle? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, signature ramp, Black River Ramps from Chris Craft. 
I have to think about it one more second. <laughs> Maybe it's like, yeah, I love to write concrete curbs. Yeah, that, that counts as an obstacle. Right. Uh, <laughs> do you prefer indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Video-wise, outdoor, but writing-wise, myself, indoor. <laughs> oh, I thought that question was about life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was about fingerboarding. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> the topic here, Oli. Fingerboarding. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind that asking? That <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> fingerboarding. Fingerboards. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your Instagram names? I don't Pop know. Text official. <laughs> Yours is Oli, Oli underscore B. Oli B, I think in one. Uh, without the underscore. Just really? O L L I B. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer concrete or wood for fingerboarding? <laughs> concrete. I, I think so too, yeah. Concrete. A switch or regular? Regular. Yeah, regular. <laughs> Hobbies outside fingerboarding, Whew. football, European yeah. football, yeah, <laughs> um, music, toy collecting and toy making. Overall, um, yeah, drawing, painting, skateboarding, and what else? There was yeah, yo-yoing. I have to mention yo-yoing for sure. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you probably connected with. Uh, with Timo Lieben on that level. Yeah, and, and Smurf is also a lot into it. And, yeah. Ah. Yeah, there's some more in the fingerboard scene who are also yo-yoing. Yeah, it was also was a was a thing back then at some point. Yeah, I hope it's coming back also. Yeah. <laughs> a flat ground or obstacle... Uh, a flat ground with obstacle or a park? Park. For me, it's park too, yeah. A heel flip or kick flip? Cake flip. <laughs> Cake flip. What's your favorite fingerboarder? Or who? Who is? Uh, Tim Teichert. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Teichert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite food right now? <laughs> Wait a second. What do I eat? Uh, bread. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Chips for me. <laughs> Very good food. <laughs> uh, loose or tight tracks? Very loose. Medium. <laughs> Last trick learned. Nolly <laughs> uh, heel, I'd say. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't remember. It's ages since I learned the last trick. I would say uh, backside late foot. Backside late foot flip. <laughs> okay. Last trick you landed that you were really proud of? Hmm. Last trick I landed. <laughs> but it was <laughs> ever that was. <laughs> I'm proud of every trick I landed. Yeah. <laughs> do you prefer one setup or do you have multiple setups at the same time? No, I always just have one setup at a time. For me, it's definitely multiples because for me, there might should be a sync a setup for every trick because every trick exactly yeah. <laughs> I don't have so many but yeah multiple. <laughs> uh, what's your most hated trick, flat or obstacle, whatever? 
I don't hate tricks, but there are a lot of I can't do. <laughs> okay, or tricks you don't like doing. Let, yeah. let's <laughs> Same answer. It's not that I don't like that there are tricks that I don't like doing. There are tricks I can't do. <laughs> I don't like trying nolly heels. Yeah, yeah the, like every time I have to do it in a game of skate, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna mess this up. <laughs> Same for me. <laughs> uh, plastic or urethane wheels? I'm plastic. I like hard ones. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I really never tried urethane wheels. I did try a few times, but never really liked it as much as the hard ones. Uh, favorite beer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink since two years. <laughs> yeah, and I almost never drink and not okay. too much into beer. <laughs> okay, well then uh, what's your favorite non-alcoholic beverage? Vita Cola. I have to go with lemonade or the D-Limo. Yeah right now i like both <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your sponsors like river berlin wood werktags uh, i don't really have sponsors but yeah i'm kind of in the winkler wheels racing team since he, yeah okay <laughs> then let's phrase the uh, the question for you a bit different who are you sponsoring <laughs> or do you have team riders <laughs> yeah i have quite a lot but I'm afraid many of the names uh, you people won't rec recognize because they're not too active anymore in the scene. Um, right now, I'm figuring out how to structure my team uh, again and freshly with maybe adding some new riders and stuff because, yeah. yeah, many of the old ones, we do sessions together and are in contact, so, but people just don't see stuff from them online. Yeah. So, yeah, I need some... Some restructuring there, but let's see if I can put it together. Who's who's on? It's Tim Teichert still, then Sandro Seidel, Felix Lang, Tony Kuckler, then Marcel Zickler, aka Wille. For sure. D does he still ride? Because I I remember his name from way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. he won the best trick contest at Fast Fingers once and stuff. That's when yeah. he got quite a bit of fame and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, he does still ride. Uh, we don't see each other too often. He got father lately. He became a father, and doesn't have too much time for sessions. But when we do, we always film a little. And I've put out some clips of him lately. Cool. And yeah, he still loves it. And I'm gonna build a new spot for him soon and stuff. And nice. I hope we can put out more footage of him because to me he's one of the most stylish riders. Yeah. Yeah. So who else? David Prahl. And Oli, do you remember more of my team riders? Did I <laughs> did who you, did I forget? Did you mention Flo already? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Florian Kuhle, exactly. Then who else? Um, I think. Might be most of them. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I didn't maybe, forget. Maybe there, there have been a few names that people recognize or might might look up. Yeah, I hope so. Sandro Seidel and Felix Lang, they are back and putting out yeah. many videos. Yeah, I've seen 
I've definitely seen videos uh, from them. Yeah, Sandro also took part in the Battle of the Gram and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who are your dream sponsors? Or for you, Oli, it probably already happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are my dream sponsors. I I, uh, I wouldn't mind being in the Winkler Wheels team, but <laughs> uh, no, I'm really happy with the situation. For me, it's hard to say. <laughs> At the beginning, I was dreaming about having a board sponsor, and but yeah, that's what I don't need anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite fine with sponsoring. Okay, uh, what's the account on Instagram that you like following the most, or that you like seeing new content of the most? I say right now, for me, it's Sandro Seidel because I'm so happy he's back putting out content. <laughs> Yeah, Sandro Seidel FB. I, I say uh, Stolli. Oh, yeah. Oh, Stolli. I forgot Stolli. He's one, in the one, pop text one team. One of too. your team writers. <laughs> I forgot to mention him, right? Yeah, yeah Tobias Stoll, for sure. Oh, man. Really, really how, how could I forget him? He's the most active, I'd say, out of all of them. Yeah, I actually seen him two days ago at the store. Yeah, yeah. He's been in Berlin, right? Yeah. I've, I've been visiting him lately in Leipzig, too. Yeah. Ah. I'm so sorry, I forgot to mention him. <laughs> but it's hard to mention one because, you know, so many uh, people in the fingerboard scene are our friends. And uh, yeah. I think to see something new from them, if it's fingerboard related or not, always makes me happy. Any of them. Yeah, yeah That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think after a while it all becomes like one big group of friends. And even if we don't speak to each other, most of the time like when we see each other on events like most people are friendly with each other and yeah, yeah. go to an event if you have the chance <laughs> yeah. Do it. so last question uh what's your favorite overall company black river yeah i'd say black river too they did so much for the scene and stuff yeah. they definitely did and i'm really looking forward to interviewing uh, Martin soon so uh, you can look forward to that hopefully in two weeks uh, yeah let's see if if I can make that happen up until then fingers yeah, crossed cool. yeah, yeah. wish you luck yeah for sure yeah so I would wrap it up here so thank you so much for uh, taking the time it was a blast talking to you and I really hope I will listen to many more episodes of your podcast in the future oh, thanks thanks to you thank Jana. you i also have to mention one thing more about the podcast situation because we were so stoked that you've been so cool to, to uh, contact us right right after the first episode we published and was like yeah cool thing and gave us tips and stuff and yeah we were so happy that you've been not offended by another podcast or something no, but definitely just, not but just happy and now we're doing this interview with us and stuff it's so awesome just bringing the theme together i'd say exactly because that that's what it's about it's not about like same when there's another another person doing boards yeah fuck competition let's make cool things together exactly exactly yeah thank you Jana. it was a pleasure our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay. So 
I hope you enjoyed the video, uh, the episode. No video this time. <laughs> and, and yeah, you will hear from me speaking to someone else in two weeks. So, bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs>